Welcome, travelers. We're aware that your journey was difficult, but prepare to have your questions answered, for you have been granted an audience with the Masters of Moth. We're on. We're live. This is like a maiden voyage. We're a live streaming on the Facebook page. If you guys are there, make sure to check it out. Yeah, you we're, guys, we're coming at you. We're coming at you live. We're coming in hot. Uh, uh, this is this is new for us. We're live streaming for the first time on the Facebook video. Yeah, this is the Masters of Modern podcast. Yeah, uh, I am Ben Bateman. I am Alex Kessler. We are your hosts. Yes, we are here. <laughs> uh, we have a live set. It's got all kinds of cool adornments. There's, there's uh, logos. You can like multicam. Look, bam, logo. Yeah, you got water bam, bottles. Some of you me. guys may remember bam. those. Got, ben. Ben's uh, talking. A massive foil spell skites over here. We got all kinds of cool look stuff. At that look at that. Uh, yeah, so we're here. We're here to talk to you guys about magic uh, today on the show. If you're hearing this or seeing this for the very first time, because perhaps we're on YouTube. <laughs> Crazy, right? Yeah. Uh, this is the Masters of Modern show. We talk about the modern format and magic. And today we are going to be giving you our full M19 spoiler review. The whole entire review, everything we have going on. We're going to talk about all the best cards for modern. You guys got our official spoiler card last week. Yep. That was exciting. Uh, Craig's, up, Craig's on the, the chat and the mic. He's on the, the ones and twos. Uh, we've got an official spoiler card for Battle Boss, which is a, Not even a card. super, super, super dope game. Yep. It's a full boss. Yeah. There's only been three previews so far. Yep. There's the two original ones we live streamed those earlier today and then the command zone previewed uh ryu dragon goddess last week and today we got uh mechabot yeah so coming up on the show today we're gonna be yeah. giving you guys a super cool preview for that um and a bunch of other cool stuff so the first thing that we want to say is thank you to every single one of you who has stuck with us for so long we've been doing the show for three and a half years that's exciting true. last week was our first week doing video uh we put it up on the masters of modern the mm cast youtube page which is going to be a hub for all the content that we're creating uh, so if you are seeing this or you're hearing this and you want to help support us, this is the plug, guys. You've stuck with us this long. Please go find the YouTube page. The old one was the Top Decking, Top Decking TV YouTube page, and that still exists. There's going to be a whole playlist of those videos, but we are starting something fresh here with a bunch of brand new content, right. really cool stuff. We're going to do if, stuff. Yeah, if you it's guys time. would please go to uh, the YouTube page, the, the MMCast, youtube.com slash the MMCast, and subscribe. It will help us stay in business because uh, we are bringing this to you for free. We, you know, those of you that subscribe to the Patreon, that's great. But we bought this camera and we have these mics and we built this set, all just to give you guys content because we love talking about magic. Content. Yeah. So that's the thing, guys. Please subscribe. And if you're seeing this streaming right now in the Facebook group, that's the other joint. Is you guys can find us in a Facebook group and a Facebook page, and we have all kinds of cool stuff. Yeah. It's 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 very exciting. Yeah. So today we're talking about M19. Yeah. What are your first thoughts on M19? <sighs> I think it's. Dope. It's uh, a really good set. Yeah, I mean, we, we have a set that literally is going to be, you know, we're back to core sets. We've kind of missed them. It was really interesting that this is coming out in preview season. Started right after they did that beta draft or the alpha draft, beta draft yeah. at, at GP Vegas because everyone was like really hot on the uh, for like classic gameplay and magic. And we're now getting into a situation where that's becoming available to us. Yeah, it's really kind of fascinating if you think about the last couple times that they've made a major change with a core set, right? So, uh, M10 was a big deal when it came out. That was the right. first core set in the new brand, and that was a really big set. We got, I believe, if I remember correctly, M10 had Lightning Bolt, right? M10 was a pretty powerful set. I, you know, I mean, M10 is regularly credited with one of the main reasons that 
Magic has had so much of a growth period over the last decade. You flash forward a few years, and Origins, which was supposed to be the last and a really interesting set, really powerful set. Right. Really, really cool set. A lot of some of my favorite cards in the last few years came from Origins. Mm -hmm. We got a little bit of a break from core sets, and now M19 does appear to be a really powerful core set. There's a lot of good stuff in this set. It's all very... It's all... And they've done interesting things. They, you know, they came to the set from a position of being a, you know, we built the starter decks, the new starter decks for players for this set, and now we're going to be coming out with information for it. And then we built the set around those decks. So it's it's a new kind of way of building a set, but it's ended up with a lot of cool little unique, uh, sorry, cool little unique effects that didn't exist before. That's really fun. Every time they decide to take concepts from previous hit magic cards or sets and make reference to them uh, either in their legendary creatures or some of the mechanics I always find that works out very well which is why I think like Time Spiral is such a favorite set of mine obviously they didn't print new cards but the way that the mechanics all interacted in the first Modern Masters set uh, some of the things they've now done recently in Dominaria anything that references sort of old magic tends to work very well yeah it, it being able to visit multiple worlds at once is really exciting and we're getting awesome reprints i mean the fact that we're getting both a reprint of um scape shift and you're getting on top of that you're getting uh crucible worlds, worlds is like really sweet it's like are, yeah. 90 dollars worth of cards between two reprints that just are now available to everyone yeah those are i mean they're obviously going to be mythics which doesn't mean they're going to be easy to get but it is exciting to see and then there's just a crazy number of super super sweet cards this feels reminiscent of the way some of those origins cards turned out to be like massively important cards uh, this feels so, sort of similar. Yeah, it feels, feels awesome. So um, I'm very excited. I think M19 is going to be a great set, and we are going to give you a full set breakdown before we do, because this is really important to us. It means a lot to us, and thank you guys for sticking with us. We are going to give you a brief description of Battle Boss. Uh, Battle yeah. Bosses, which is an awesome, awesome game that uh, was created by Alex. Yeah, you right can here. see the logo can see right the logo. here. And then the little little bosses are around us everywhere. I continue to say battle boss because in development, we called it two things for so long. Yeah. I get mixed up sometimes in what we actually well, settle so on. The way it works is battle bosses is the game as its whole. Yeah. Each boss is a battle boss. Yeah, totally. I just We had we actually had mock-ups of both logos at one point, so it's yes. like uh, hard for me to keep straight yeah. sometimes. But it's battle bosses, so uh, I'm going to let you take it away and kind of explain this game and what it is. And I promise you guys, sure. this is not just somebody who owns a company shilling a game he created. This is a no, game no, that I'm is really excited for you guys to play it designed it's, it's for magic really players somebody yeah. who loves magic and designed a game for magic players and that's what this is so uh please give us a moment of your time and we're excited to talk to you i mean yeah so this is a game if you've played league of legends you've played magic if you've played both they have a lot of similarities to them and so you know the way it works is and i think i can even go into here and then point down no you can't see it okay so the way it works is basically each person collects different bosses you have different miniatures that come with those bosses and then you fight each other it plays a little bit like if league of legends met magic the gathering um there's different bosses from all the world so far we've previewed uh ryu the dragon goddess which you can see right there look at that technology right now yeah. oh and then we've previewed uh grakthar and cthulhu which we live streamed earlier which we'll link down down in the comment section to that video. Uh, you can kind of get an idea of what the gameplay is. Go check that out at kest.co slash battlebosses, or we also have a Facebook page that you can find right now. Um, and then the last thing is, today we're previewing a new boss. So kind of the way this works is where Magic has Planeswalkers or Commanders, uh, we have bosses. And today we have Mechabot. Oh, God. Before I knock everything over... Mechabot. Boom! This is the hero of Futropolis City. And his drone minion, there we go, zooming in on that. 
Uh, we'll be releasing kind of uh, uh, images of the, the models for their sculpts uh, later today at cast.co slash battlebosses and on the Facebook page. Uh, make sure you check out the group. He's really cool. He, the way he kind of plays is he's a little bit of a Rakdos player, but he's themed as a hero. He like snipes from across doing direct damage from far away and then sacrifices his drones like a little factory machine. So you're trying to build a factory. Um, so it's really fun. Really cool game. Definitely check it out. Uh, and we'll give you more information as the weeks come by. We've talked about it before. We're going to keep talking about it. Kickstarter yeah. is in August, uh, on August 14th. And then we're uh, going to have previews at Gen Con to come play it. Yeah, and it's like if you guys are sort of curious of how the game works at all, um, the, the general sort of uh, premise is, as you mentioned, they, the, the bosses themselves function a bit like Planeswalkers. Correct. Um, you have sort of this game board, and so the way the product is designed is you buy it on the shelf in the same style you would buy like a Pop Funko. It, right. it, it looks and is displayed in that same way. So they have this really kind of cool collectible feel. They're all unique sculpts. You mm-hmm. buy it, and out of the box you actually kind of build this whole game board, which you guys can kind of see uh, here on the table. This game board and sort of all these pieces, these all sort of right. come in the box. That's uh, kind of how the game works. So I'm just covering it with the thing. But yeah, it's cut off by the camera. But I mean, uh, and we can't control where the camera is. It's magic that we can control where it's focusing, but yeah. we can't move it once it's locked. But uh, basically, the idea is you collect these different bosses. There's also kind of a 3v3. Uh, MOBA mode that is kind of a more expansive event and so that's definitely another really fun way to play um, that we're, we'll be kind of getting into once we announce the first six bosses. So this is uh, one of four that have been yep. announced so far and then there's two additional bosses that will be announced before uh, the middle of July Before, and then we'll start doing a lot of live streams of that giant six player mode that's really fun as well. Yeah and again guys uh, I know a lot of you have listened to this sort of know me as the guy that's always sort of skeptical of new games. I have played this game a number of times and I really enjoy it. I think it's definitely a really really awesome game and it's something that if you want to try out a new game is is definitely worth giving a shot so i i'm a fan yeah, I mean, it's something that we've worked really, really hard on. We've worked with a lot of Magic Pros to do testing on it. We've gotten a lot of different designers to help kind of make it work and look really fun. So uh, definitely try wrecking me out. We'll also be having print and plays available, so if people want to try it out, it'll come out soon. So now on to M19. Yeah, I say we get into uh, M19. If you guys uh, want to follow along with us through this and, and tweet your thoughts at us about what you think we think or don't think about M19 or anything else with the podcast, uh, you can follow me personally at Ben Bateman Media. Uh, I'm at Kess Wiley. And uh, you guys can find the podcast at the MM Cast, uh, and you know on the Facebook group. So let's get into our M nineteen spoiler, right? So uh, and talk about all the things that we like and don't like. There's like creaking, and because we have a, an uh, office above us. Yeah. Welcome to cameras and live streaming. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so first card we're going to talk about was our preview card. Yeah, isolate. isolate. Uh, it's a very isolating card. Yeah, I've seen people <laughs> talking about this card a lot. It's um, hard to know if this is going to be impactful or not. I think it's probably a sideboard shoe-in, but then again, it's still kind of narrow as far as what it's hitting. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see where this finds a home. I mean, I think as a sideboard card, as a one-of, or even a main deck card as a one-of, similar to kind of how Spell Snare has functioned for years, I was just like, sometimes you're going to get people with it. And with yep. Snapcaster Mage, you're able to be riot, you know, rebuy it. Snapcaster Mage allows kind of Jeskai decks to be able to play with a lot of these spell one-ofs, because if you need two of them, you have them, and you can dig to them pretty easily with all of your buyback draw cards, so it makes it pretty worth it to play one of is this worth it is this going to make the cut over something else i don't know yeah i think definitely the toughest thing to deal with in a main deck that this answers is aether vial yeah that's the that's the biggest reason you want it humans being as good as it is this card becomes significant just for that reason someone made like a strong argument there's not enough one drop creatures played right now like a year ago this was almost better when death shadow was a much bigger piece of the format right now in the world we live in i think this 
doesn't have enough creatures to fight because at this point why don't you just play wear and tear if like you really want to get rid of that in your main deck i think you can get away with a wear and tear in your main there's enough artifacts and enchantments across the board and i still don't think there is i I think this is just as weird as playing that as a main deck card but there's no value in your sideboard if you're trying to then sideboard against these spells there's just better and bigger spells you can go with but it definitely has potential a one mana removal spell that has gets rid of a lot of things in the format is definitely something to keep an eye at i mean mental misstep is banned and it has a very similar text but for spells versus play stuff so i wouldn't hate on it it's just uh i need to see where it ends up yeah agreed um all right next card and we should read the cards out of what they do. So Isolate is one white instant uh, exile target permanent with converted mana cost one. Uh, next is Runic Armasaur. This is a 2-4 dinosaur creature, green, green, white, or green, green, colorless. Uh, whenever an opponent activates an ability of a creature or land that isn't a mana ability, you may draw a card. Um, this is a, another now a long list of hate birds. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't have flying, but it's got a big butt. Yeah, it's a three mana 2-5. This is, this is reminiscent of that old... Uh What's the card I'm thinking of from uh, like Guild Pactor Dissension? Green, red, one. Whenever they did activated a, an ability of a creature they control, they lose one life. Yeah. Yes. one damage to them. But drawing a card is significantly better. better. Yeah, this is really hard to kill. I mean, obviously, Fatal Push gets there and Path does, but Lightning Bolt, it's Lightning Bolt proof for a, for a three. Uh, proof. A three drop. It can block most things in the format as yep. a two five. And there's just a lot of activated abilities that you're going to draw cards off of that I don't, I don't hate it as a card. I think it's, it's, it's an interesting, because it also stops lands. So the fact that it is also a way to fight against different lands that are doing activated abilities is something that's really interesting. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, Next card is Liliana's Contract. When Liliana's Contract enters the battlefield, you draw four cards and you lose four life. Uh, At the beginning of your upkeep, if you control four or more demons with different names, you win the game. Two black, three colorless. Yeah. I mean, I think this card is sweet. It says win the game on it. Which I always, always want to... Yeah, yeah, you like almost any card that says you win the game, you need to really look at it hard because there's... Because obviously there's loops that are really hard to, to jump through. There's the one that you have to have four of the same guy in play. Bio-Visionary. Bio-Visionary. And I know card. you've tried making him work. <laughs> With so Mirror Weave. <laughs> if that guy who I think has zero potential to be a real deck in Modern is <laughs> talked about, then I think this card where there's enough two-drop, three-drop demons that you could just like do a demon tribal deck have this in the top end and just like sometimes get there it's an upkeep trigger i always look at these things now and they make these like you win the game triggers i always examine are they at the beginning of your end step or the beginning of your upkeep because sure. end step they're way better sure. and like upkeep you have to untap so. but this when you play it just draws you four cards no i mean i'm like five I, mana for four cards and four life which is a, is, is a cost but is like Pretty real deal. Pretty good. You probably that you just like might accidentally win the game in that deck. So what is a Amoeboid Changeling is both a changeling and can change the type of another creature for a tap, right? It's one blue. I have no idea. Yeah, that sounds right. I believe it's a yes. one one for two that can tap to change the type of another creature, and it's already a demon. So, oh, so I'm just thinking of like Rashaka Death uh, Dealers or whatever. Like I mean, there's the like green black good demons, and if demon. you and like if you can just play enough demons that I'm not thinking of, like maybe. Isn't there a black black horror demon? Is that is the is Hunted Horror a black? A demon? Uh, it's not a demon. No, it's a horror. Yeah. That makes more sense. You can like, you can like, definitely <laughs> play like demons. I think probably what you want to play is a deck of good cards with like amiibo changeling. Well, that's, <laughs> I, I guess my point is more that like there's a possibility to accidentally have enough demons to make this work yeah. in the long run more than there is of like trying to break it that way. <laughs> which that's like that's a way to kind of force it. I mean, but play, I think there's there's they've had a history of printing two drop demons and playable demons that eventually forget, you get enough of them. Don't forget, just play four Muta Vaults on your deck and you get like 
in right. instantly a lot closer. Right. Yeah. Right. So, so there's like, I think there's wit real conversations about this card as like a thing that could just accidentally be a tier two, tier three deck. Once no again, problem. at the beginning of your upkeep, which means, again, this is a card that combos with Mirror Weave. Play a creature deck <laughs> with Mirror Weave yeah. and some good demons, yeah. and you can just win the game. Yeah. Or just play regular, t- just uh, what's the what's the four drop tribal card that everyone loves the, the green one chameleon colossus yeah yeah perfect all the changelings uh next this is a guy for you this is a guy for you oh, ben. i already looked at this guy uh, this so is gore claw terror of call sisma yeah uh this is the bear that pun- that that gets punched in the bear punch card yeah uh it's a four uh, it's a four drop three and a green uh legendary creature bear rare uh creature spells you cast with power four or greater cost two less to cast whenever gore claw tear of cow sisma attacks each creature you control with power four or greater gets plus one plus one and gains trample in a t- end of turn it's a four three yeah, so let's just call it what it is this is a i play all of my mirror superiors for free card yes well, that's, uh, that's, why, that's why we're bringing it up <laughs> that's uh, card is sweet it dies yeah it uh mm-hmm. yes it dies to a lot of things um, it's also interesting to note this card has interesting synergy with a few different things. Um, one of the things that this has interesting synergy with is Heartless Summoning because if you're playing this with Heartless Summoning in a deck of fatties, there are situations where you're going to turn two, play a Heartless Summoning, right? You're going to turn three, play this thing, and then all of a sudden you're going to be able to cast a five drop for one. And to me that's like, interesting um i think that's that's kind of a magical christmas land curve Mm -hmm. but i definitely think between ronus which is another card that combos well with this card like that situation we're talking about you just play a ronus for one like there's a lot of things you can do that are like really really cool with this card it's a four drop so i don't think it's truly going to break modern by any means right but i think it's a really interesting card yeah and it's better than like centaur omen reader other (laughs) cards that have like similar effects i think my biggest issues with it are that it is a four three uh, the fact that it dies to the most played removal spell in the format still. Yeah. Uh, and it dies the Fatal Push and Path, no problem also, if you want to talk to the other two most played removal spells in the format. Um, also, it just bugs me from a non-modern perspective that this is a bear tribal lord, and this is the first bear lord that we've gotten, and 99% of bears in magic history are two twos for two. Yeah, <laughs> And this specifically doesn't work with them. It's just the thing that sucks about this card is that it costs four mana. Yeah. It costs yeah. Even, even at three, it wouldn't be good. It would be okay. Sure. Uh, at like Somehow, if they could have made this cost two and have way less power and toughness, if it right. was like a two-one for two, or really what it should have been is a two-two for two. It's a bear lord. Yeah. Let's call it what it is. Yep. <laughs> so, all right. Anyway, moving should on. Should have given all two green drops. That are two twos plus one plus one. Yeah, right. Yeah, that'd be perfect. That's a future side <laughs> card if I've ever seen one. <laughs> um, uh, all right, we got your next favorite. I can't believe you're more not more hyped about this card actually. Um, I think this card is sweet. It's just missing one very important word. It's a flying other. Sp- okay, so it's it's supreme phantom blue colorless yeah. uh, creature spirit flying other spirits you control get plus one plus one and it's a one three. Yeah. What card? What what keyword is this card missing? Hexproof? No, Flash. Flash? doesn't have Flash. But it's a two-drop. don't care. It needs to have Flash. You have cards that give all spirits Flash. This needs to have Flash. No, I think this card's super- like very good. <laughs> no, this card is fine. It's it's totally good. And it's, it works. We'll see play in that like, deck. Yeah, it works with Lingering Souls and Mausoleum Wanderer and all the other cards that you want to play in the Spirits deck. It's totally good. It's just like, if it had Flash, I'd be hyped. It's just a Sorcery Speed two-drop. I've played enough Modern to know that a three-toughness Sorcery Speed two-drop... Wait, there's a ton of sorcery speed two drops that play. The spirit deck plays a sorcery speed two one flying that you can sack and give creatures indestructible. This is comparable. This just makes the deck so it's like all two drops. Have you ever seen me play spirits in a tournament? 
No, you haven't. No, you have it. Okay. <laughs> I, look, so I, for the rest of the world that's excited about this card, as well as the other spirit that we'll talk about in a second, this is definitely another piece that makes that spirit deck that was playing Collected Company, that was playing Aether Vial, and was playing the other spirit that gives other spirits flash for you. Yes. Uh, he's, he's called um, uh, Something Geist. Uh, shoot. I'm pulling it up. I have this spirit deck already built on my I'm phone. Get it. Rattle it's, Chains. Uh, that's the one. It's All called. Right. Uh, so, you, yeah, you have Rattle Chains to give it flash. There you go. I mean, look, I'm into it. Obviously, Drog Skull Captain. You can. This is still a fantastic mm-hmm. image deck. This deck just keeps getting better and better. You're playing Lingering Souls. Like this is just good. Right. It's right. like it's them just filling in the holes of design that you eventually assume they're going to make, and they just made it. Um, I'm a little bummed that it's a one three. It's like the only part about it that I. But your whole deck is made out of like two ones and three ones that become like. It, yeah. I feel like it yeah, plays yeah. similar to. You know, it's not as good as Lord of Atlantis, but it's it's flying instead of just a island walking creature. You have too many lords now for the spirits deck to like be as good as like you can't play all the lords now. It's like because you can't play the two one uh, the. Uh, 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 Josh Will Captain. No, no, no. That's a three drop. I'm talking about the. Uh, he's not. He's not technically a spirit lord, but the Lord of the Unreal. Metallic. Oh, mimic. Metallic Mimic. I think you're fine not playing Metallic Mimic. Yeah, I like that idea of playing Metallic Mimic, obviously, because like Lingering Souls off of Metallic Mimic is like really, really sick. Sure, but this um, is like does comparable things, but yeah. works better with the red, other cards in your deck, and you yeah. can make it unblockable and all yep. that great stuff. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Next card is. Psy, Master Thopterist. This is two blue. Uh, legendary creature, human artificer. Whenever you cast an artifact spell, creature, create a 1-1 colorless Thopter artifact creature token with flying. One blue, sacrifice two artifacts, draw a card, and it's a 1-4. Speaking of 1-3s, that need to be 1-4s because the lightning bolt. We got you this guy right here. Yeah, I think this I card's good. People I'm, can see it. I think there's pretty clearly some, in, some going infinite opportunities with this card. You definitely have the ability to create mana and like this is like a this is like an ironworks type of card right i think it's an ironworks i also think it's like another option in the master of ethereum uh three drop slot in affinity yeah like you get a lot of tokens off of this card it draws you cards which the deck is definitely looking for Uh, and it you know you could do it at instant speed so you could do it in response to them trying to remove a threat that you have and it is a 1-4, so it protects you from lightning bolt effects, and you can just strap an equipment onto it, and the flyers you're getting are flyers. Like, there's a lot of things that Affinity is looking for that I can even see it kind of in that slot. It does a lot. It's a cool It's a cool little card that does a lot of little things. The difference between this card and the other three drops in Affinity, of course, is that if you play an Etch Champion, it comes down on three, and then if you untap with it, you might just win the game. Uh, and then with Master of Ethereum, obviously, you play it, and it buffs your whole team. So this card, unfortunately, you play it, and nothing happens unless you happen to have another artifact to cast the same turn. But on turn three, sure. Infinity, you probably don't. So Yeah, but in, in decks that have like grinder matchups where Jeskai is a big player, like yeah. the current one, having a threat that Completely. isn't an artifact that can get through Stony Silences, having uh, a threat that can... Because, you know, Stony Silence doesn't top attacking. So this is actually a really good anti-Stony Silence card. I, no, and I, it draws you cards, which helps you get rid of them. And he doesn't die to Lightning Bolt or Lightning Helix. In that matchup, I really like this card. Yeah. I, but so to me, it's a cyborg card. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, 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 but uh, any card that can... If you can make it into the Affinity list, I'm going to talk about this podcast. Right. Would you play this, or would you play Garop or Aethergrid? Which would you prefer to have? Uh, I'd probably play a 1-1 split. Yeah. I could be convinced. I like them both. Uh, I could also see playing this over the other one, just because red mana might be harder to accomplish for whatever reason, though obviously Affinity is playing with a bunch of gold lands, so that's not necessarily true. Have you seen that people... like So in the PTQ, what was it like a week ago? The Affinity list was... Um, the, it was like the Mirror Enforcer Frogmite list. Uh, it's like four Mirror Enforcer, four Frogmite, including its Opals. It's playing only 16 lands, no Ink Moths. 
Oh, crazy. Yeah. Okay. I'm into that. I'm yeah. into that. Uh, all right. Next card. Uh, I was a little higher on this card than I am now when I first saw it, just because I was like, oh, two mana lord. But then the spirit one came out. I was like, oh, that one's way better for a tribe that needs it more. But right. we're going to talk about Elvish Clan Caller. This is a green, green, other elf creatures you control get plus one, plus one. It is a four, and then it is a one, one elf druid. And then four, green, green, you can tap it to search your library for a card named Elvish Clan Caller. Put it onto the battlefield, then shuffle your library. Yeah, I mean, this card is super interesting to me. It's obviously, so we've seen a, a pretty heavy... We've seen a pretty heavy shift in the Elves decks um, away from combo and towards black-green. Sure. Um, Black-green has become much more prominent. More of like an aggro list that's trying to burn people out. Shaman of the Pack. It's like the Shaman Shaman of the Pack is the reason you do that. Right. Obviously, in Vegas, that's what I played on camera. I also played it in my round one match and the previous night at a a local store. And it was also in that same top eight was the black-green Elves list. Sure. It's definitely the list that I'm seeing more and more. Um, This card fits that list well because Mm -hmm. it's obviously just a two-mana lord. What's interesting about that list, too, is that when you flood out, this is yet another way on top of your Azuri to buff your team. For six mana, you buff your whole team. Sure. And you keep untapping and you keep doing it. And like, if you're just grinding your opponent out, it's like for six mana, I mean, you're going to get another body and, you know, another five power every turn. Like, right. That's pretty, good, pretty, pretty darn good. Right. All right. Next card. Yep. Uh, remorseful Cleric. White and a colorless. Spirit Cleric. Flying, sacrifice, remor- remorseful cleric, exile all cards from target player's graveyard. Oh, yeah, this card's dope. <laughs> I really like this card. This is like, this to me is like, wh- while the other card is like a good spirit card and like it, I think it's going to make spirits better and I'm not, not excited about it. Sure. I think it's fine. Uh, this to me is like on the same level as selfless spirit where I'm like, when I want to build a deck that's doing like tap out creature things, mm-hmm. this is exactly the kind of card that I want in my deck. Well, it's like, I'm putting a clock on you, but also you're not going to beat me, Dredge, because my 2-1 flyer just stops you in your tracks. When you are looking at a creature aggro list, especially in modern, the more it plays like a Hate Bears deck, where every card you play is going to be something that stops your opponent at a different angle of attack, the more likely I think this deck is likely to succeed. Look at humans. Humans is that, but instead of specific hate cards, you have meddling mages and thoughts he's attached to your creatures. Yep. So it, it definitely is a similar but different way of kind of attacking that. And you have a way to make all your creatures indestructible. And now you have a way to exile all graveyards in a deck that probably wants that. Yep. I think it's I think this card is sweet. Um I, I just like love that they keep printing things like this. It's right. it is correctly costed. It is exactly what magic, not just modern, but what magic wants is more versatility and aggressive costed things totally. that have you know that have that flexibility in terms of how you play them right so it makes the game so fun yeah and and just a, a big shout out to everyone listening uh on the live stream the sound from this podcast is coming from not these mics so what you're hearing on the live stream is from the computer and or the ipad uh in the f- audio recording in the youtube video that will be posted afterwards that we upload later this week it'll come from the audio that these mics are providing so it'll sound much better that's what craig is doing in the background you can't see him but he can say hello just gave a thumbs up What's up, guys? Yeah. See? Look, he's saying hello. All right. So, next card. And speaking of tribal, we got a one-drop blue creature. Mm. It's a missed caller. What what tribe do you think this is? Uh, It's got to be a a fish crab, right? Yeah, it's a fish crab. (laughs) (laughs) We need more fish crabs. Poor Shamble Shark. (laughs) Uh, Creature Merfolk Wizard, M19. Rare. Sacrifice missed color until end of turn if a non-token creature would enter the battlefield and it wasn't cast exile instead. It is a 1-1. Uh, this is amazing. I love this card. Oh, it's so good. Like, again, like we talk so much about this. We talk so much about in modern how um, just like the, 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 uh, the variety of a card. Like, what can you do with it? 
And like, this is a one drop that fits into an established tribe that is doing something powerful. That means that when they pay their mana for their through the breach to try to emerald you, you're like, sorry, my right. one mana card stops you from winning. Yeah. And like, again, I love that. What do you so see? Cool. Well, and, and getting them off of a, uh, an Aether Vile trigger is obviously going to be really exciting, but not to mention just like, it's there. So they just like, I have to deal with this card, otherwise I can't do anything. So it's definitely definitely a cool, powerful tool that Merfolk now has in its, in its base. I don't know if this card is playable outside too much of Merfolk, just because like a 1-1 one, one creature you're just playing with. You probably aren't playing this in the main over Curse Catcher. You're probably just siding it in, but yeah. in, in some matchups for sure. Like it's obviously this is good uh, against Dredge. This is good yeah. against. This is good against. Uh, like hollow, any, well, not hollow. Half of hollow one decks. Everything but hollow one in hollow one decks. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's good. I yeah. think yeah. I think you could play as a one of in a Murpho. Like you play one of this and three curse catchers just to like kind of yeah, do a spread. Have, just, just to, to have like, a little bit of variety. Once in a while, you'll get them. Yeah, big shout <laughs> to uh, Levi Bennett who just said hi, Craig from the chat. Uh, I wanted to just give you a shout out. Thanks for interacting there. If you guys are on stream, uh, you know, check it out. Uh, say say hello. We are yeah. this is the first time we're doing this, so just you know, let us know that you are alive and enjoying what you're yeah. what you're listening to. Austin Cook. Oh, here we go. Yeah. Uh, Austin Cook says, "Is it possible to have a Twitch esque overlay for Facebook live streaming?" Uh, and then his comment went away before I could finish reading it. Uh, so. The answer is in the future, <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. The, we just got this system. There is a way to upgrade it so that we can put overlay in, and we will. Uh, we're just not there yet. Yep, sweet. All right, let's keep going. But thank you for reminding us that we're getting new at this years after we should have been. Next All right. up, we have Demon of Catastrophes. You want to um, read it this time? Yeah, is the, your chair? It's the creaky one, right? Oh, maybe. Because I'm like hanging out in its like middle yeah. creaky point. Let me just yeah, okay. get more comfortable there while you, you read that out loud. Uh, black, black, two for a 6-6. Six, six. As an additional cost to sacrifice the spell, to cast the spell, sacrifice a creature. It's a flying trample and it's a demon. So um, there are cards in modern that you want to sacrifice creatures. Yeah. They do exist. Yeah. Um, obviously, your one mana mana creatures, you don't really want to sacrifice because mm-hmm. you like them. There's not a two mana mana creature in modern that What's you want to sacrifice. What's the other demon that you can s- you need to sacrifice? Otherwise, you can't win the game. Deem- oh, 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 um, yeah, oh, yeah. The the good one from back in Worldwick. Yeah, the uh, abyssal persecutor. Abyssal persecutor. Because yes. you can play abyssal persecutor, which is another four mana six six. There's a there's flying a- trample, and then so one of the things I think is really interesting is that they've they've had this run of casting cost versus type and power toughness that they they do set to set. They like sort of play with the same space over and over and over again, Mm -hmm. right? So, like, there was the one that exiles, like, uh, what is it? Uh, Inverter of Truths. Yeah, it it exiles your deck and makes your graveyard your deck. There's a a point where I thought that would just switch your graveyard and your deck, and that was, like, what it did. I think they're they're inspired originally from Juzum Jin. uh, Okay. Five, five, or four, the drawback. Sure. And it's in double black, so I think it's, like, there's a big theme of them trying to recreate that feeling. Uh Uh-huh. And this card is fine. It's not going to see modern play. Like, it's... Sure. Okay. Right? Like, you would have to... Th- I don't know. I mean, if you want to sacrifice a thing on purpose, but you don't want to do it all the time, it's just something that you gain a little bit of extra value on, and then you get a 6-6 flying trample out of it, this kills a person really quickly. Yeah, but what was the black card from Theros Block that was played in mono black that you could sacrifice a creature to tap it during combat? That was a 4-mana 5-5. Five, five. Was it, was it a 6-6? Six, six? Oh, but you like they had to sacrifice a creature to tap it. Or Desecrate, desecration demon. Yeah, yeah. It might have been a five-five. I, I mean, that that that's what I'm saying is, anytime I've ever played with these, maybe it'll have an effect in standard. Modern, just like when Jace the Mind Sculptor barely affects the format as a four drop, this mm-hmm. card is not going to take over the format. Like that's fair. Four drops in general. Like Kalidus is like what sure. you need to be that power level to even. Well, I guess I'm comparing this Kalidus. I'm not sure this is that much. It's worse than Kalidus, but it's I, I think it's it's within a framework that 
I could see someone trying it unless up. you're getting a lot of unless you're getting a lot of value by sacrificing it it's gonna be played you're gonna sacrifice something to it then they're gonna path it and you're gonna be real sad face yeah that's, that's true. what's gonna happen that's so. true uh, next we got Alpine Moon it's one red enchantment M19 I keep reading that part and as Alpine Moon enters the battlefield, choose a non-basic land card name. Lands your opponent's control with the chosen name lose all types and abilities, and they gain add one mana of any color. Um, Alpine Moon, people are talking about this card a lot. I was thinking about this card in relation, obviously, to our other, you know, Blood Moon, our, our Spreading Seas, our Land Hosers that people play in Modern. Um, obviously, they continue to try to print these cards, like Blood Sun, trying to make us consider our options and, like, the most valuable thing this is against is Valakit, right? That's the one? Like, that's no, no, what no. you're playing against? Just, you called uh, uh, Eldrazi Tower. Or not Eldrazi Tower, sorry. Uh, uh, Urza's Tower. So, okay, like, it shuts down, it, it slows down Tron. But the difference is that this is a one-drop you can just play on your turn versus a three-drop. Because I'm the first one to tell you that Blood Moon isn't that good at, against Tron, but this might be better than Blood Moon just because what you're doing now is you're making it so their lands can't combo out for a much lower mana consistency. Like, I can play this in an aggro deck. You can't really play Blood Moon in an aggro deck. I just, like, like for Tron's me, like, yeah, you took your turn off and played a three drop. And this, it's like, oh, crap, you didn't take your turn off. You're still beating me down, and you got away with it for one mana. Because, like, Titan Shift will just beat you with something else, I guess. And oh, no, this is for Tron. And, but Tron is a huge part of the metagame. Tron's, like, 20% ma- of decks out so there. I, yeah, I, yeah. I think Alpine Moon is good, and I like that it costs one, obviously, instead of three. Um, I just think that... It's good against Tron. It's definitely good against Valkyrie. I mean, that's the mm-hmm. other... You don't just outright lose to the Scapeshift part of that deck and you right. play this card. And they like don't I main s- deck. I can see decks like Burn. I can see decks like Jund, who also... They're decks that don't want to play Blood Moon because they don't want to hurt their own mana base. Like, Jund playing this as a one-of makes a ton of sense to yeah. me because it yeah. makes their Tron matchup just a little bit better and lets them beat down with Tarmogoyce. Also... No. It's just only lands your opponent's control can produce. Okay. You can't, you can't fix your mana with it. Yeah, got it. It's not there that yet. Been, that would have been very good. <laughs> Could have been okay. Uh, it would have been helpful. But yeah. yeah. This also shuts down Colonnade. Yeah, that's Shutting true. down Colonnade is just like a fine thing to be that's doing. That's a real thing. You're, you're taking, it's like... Uh, Field of Ruin. Yeah. It works in Justice too because it only hurts their Colonnades, says Austin Cook. Thank you. Ha, ah, we Austin beat Cook. you to it. Though <laughs> the way this works is that your comment happened before it records there, so you got it, but we yeah. got it. All right. So enough. you know we didn't read that comment and then say it. We got it after that. All right, Um, right. not competitive. Before we move on to the next card, I do want to remind everybody here that we have a Patreon. Uh, You're seeing this, you're hearing this on the live stream right now. Patreon.com slash the MMCast. Guys, literally the awesome looking camera thing that we are recording this on, the ability to do video. any of this is happening. The producer, Craig, that is sitting here with us. All of the stuff, like so much of this has come from the amount of money, the small amount of money, but albeit the amount of money that you guys have donated to us over the last few years... Um, we pulled it all together to buy a few things and upgrade our stuff. Mm-hmm. And so as we continue to expand, I'm going to tell you guys some of the things that are coming. Uh, I am buying a PC computer, literally, literally, so that I can play Moto and stream for you guys. That's a thing that's happening. Yeah, and Arena. Less I'm modern gonna, focus, but still. I'm going to be streaming Magic and showing you guys my brews. I, I'm we're buying that computer with the Patreon. It's like we are doing that. That's literally stuff that's happening. Yeah. So uh, uh, Something else that we'll be accomplishing is we're going to get a lab so that the sound during the live stream will be a little bit better than it is right now. Yeah, we so would we'll like have like to be seven able, mics at once. We want to be able to provide more content for you guys at a higher quality all the time. And to do it, we need your help on the Patreon. Seriously, guys, we don't want to. Craig is saying that we need carpets as well so that yes. in our recording room it's yes. not as echoey. Uh, t- we basically. Like shag, shag carpet or like one of those like 
fake cowhide carpets. You're interrupting my begging, Alex. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, if you guys want to help us out, that is truly the way to do it. Uh, we love your support. We always have, and uh, it would mean the world even just to donate a couple bucks to help us keep this. We thing definitely going. appreciate it. Patreon.com/slash the MMCast. Yep. Uh, big shoutouts to Brandon S. Russell and Daniel Magyar, who are current Patreons, have been Patreons for some time. I was going to say one of their names. Well, I'm sorry. Brandon Russell and Daniel Magyar. Thank I said you. it too. There you go. You're the best. Alex also appreciates it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's get back you to the You should movie. say one and I should say one. I'll, next time I'll do it. Okay, we're getting new. This is new. This is new for us. Do you want to say, thank a third Patreon here? Because uh, we have them in front of us? Yeah. There you go. Marcus Raganesi. There you go. Alex yeah. gets a special shout out. There's also a Gabriel. I don't know your last name because it's not here. But you're the best. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Uh, among everyone else. You guys are all the best around. Yeah. Also, uh, if we get the Patreon high enough, we're going to just start like giving away foils. We're going to like, if we get yeah. it high enough, we're going to start buying that's stuff true. and just like giving it to you guys because that's how these things work. Yeah. All right, let's keep going. Uh, Dark Dweller Oracle, red and a one, Goblin Shaman. Sacrifice a creature, exile the top card of your library. You may play that card this turn. It's a 2 2. It's a Goblin Shaman. It's a 2 2 for two Sick. Goblin Shaman that draws you card in Goblin. Like when we were doing our list, the biggest problem that deck had was being unable to draw cards. Can I see it? Yeah. It is. Uh, Red one for a 2 2 set creature exile top of your life. Ah, card's sweet. Card's really sweet. Yep. Yeah. It's a bear. It's a bear with a close instant ability. Well, it, like, for three mana, you draw three cards if you play this in the, the War Marshal. Yeah, I like it. I think it's really, really good. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, that's that's a fringe deck. Goblins has always been a fringe deck. Well, but they're going to, like, it feels like with this set that they, and even Dominaria, that they've made a commitment to try and get goblins there in modern. Like, they keep printing goblin things because, like, I think they want goblins to be more available in modern, especially since Legacy is not available to anyone. And goblins are a lot of people's favorite tribe. Yeah. So we were excited about Skirk Prospector and and Goblin War Marshal, and now we're just getting more and more tools in modern and standard. Um, Speaking of goblin-like things and sacrificing, we got Thud. One red, sorcery. As an additional cost to cast this spell, sacrifice a creature. That creature deals damage to sacrifice creature's power to any target. So it's a one-mana fling. But it's a sorcery instead of an instant. sorcery speed? Super good. Yeah, I feel like... (laughs) The difference between fling at two and thud at one is, like, astronomical. This isn't a reprint, right? I, like, I guess I should look that up and confirm. I don't think this is a reprint. Thud MTG. Craig is looking it up while we keep talking about it. I don't think this is a reprint. Perp- I think yeah, this is brand I think new. it's just a brand new thing. Yeah, I mean, it's I, I, one of my favorite things that they do when they when they balance cards, and and uh, this is actually kind of a conversation that I had with Gavin Verhey two weeks ago in Vegas. Yeah, um, we were talking kind of just about the design of cards because one of the questions I asked him at dinner was, you know, what is what is the methodology that goes into your 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 balancing good versus bad magic cards? Give me an example of one that you felt like was really close to being where you wanted it to be, and give me an example of one that you feel like was too powerful, right? Like you you had to neuter the card versus one that you made a mistake on. And I'm not going to give his specific answers because obviously that was you know information off the record. But like in terms of what he told me, it was sort of interesting to be like, well, you add a mana symbol, you subtract a power, you double down the color here, and it changes the card completely, right? And right. so thinking about Thud, it's like how many times have you looked at Fling and been like, well if this was just almost there, I could play it. Yeah. And it's like, if you're somebody who designs magic cards, that's a really, really cool way to think is like, well, maybe in a future set, if we make it a sorcery and it's the right block and standard, we could justify having fling cost one less. Yeah. But it'll have to be a sorcery. And it's like, cool. Now yep. it exists. Now it exists. Yeah. Uh, 
Next, this is a, a Johnny's Welcome. One white enchantment. Whenever a creature enters the battlefield under your control, you gain one life. Um, the main interesting thing on this to me is it's just another soul sister, but it's a soul sister that doesn't get blown out by every removal spell ever created. Yeah, I mean, this is... I, I guess, guess there are there are removal spells that you can't destroy creatures with power or like convert a mana cost or power toughness under three or whatever, but every real removal spell ever printed isolate, bro. I guess there's also like <laughs> what's the red card that just got printed like do damage to a planeswalker or a red creature? Oh, Chandra's Fury. Yeah, no, what I had, no. Chandra's Death. No, she doesn't they, die. Don't but they all have one. Chandra's Defeat. Yeah, Defeat. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Yeah, that can't right. kill a soul sister. I think a Johnny's welcome is cool. I mean, I think like soul sisters has always been a fringe deck, and just yeah. giving one more way to not get wrath is pretty darn good. Right, like yeah. as it's just a sideboard option or other ways to deal with people. Also, in the non in the non combo versions of Jeskai, the ones that people actually play, right? Uh, if you gain a lot of life, it's hard for them to win. Yes, yeah. <laughs> like they don't have a good way to win the game if you're just gaining tons of life. Yeah. Um, so yeah, let's continue moving on. Uh, the next card we have is Skilled Animator. Blue, two, human artificer creature, one, three from M19. Uh, when Skilled Animator enters the battlefield, target artifact you control becomes an artifact creature with base power and toughness, five, five, for as long as Skilled Animator remains on the battlefield. I love this card. Are you whistling something I should know? Yeah, be our guest from Beauty oh. and the Beast. The artwork ah. is a guy animating a bookcase That's who's coming cool. to punch people. Nice. Yeah, I'm pretty happy about it. Were you planning that before the podcast? Yeah. Be, be honest. Oh, I tweeted about it. Okay, good. <laughs> uh, this card's sweet. I, You know my affection for Insole Artifact. He's even, he's, he even has a clock on his head and is handling, handing a candelabra. Like, he has all of the characters from this movie. So here's a question for you. They, they knew what they were doing. <laughs> do, you find it, do you find it interesting that they continue playing with this space of animating artifacts to be 5-5s? Five like, they keep doing it. It's been, it's been a thing now since the first Tezzeret, I think, was the first instance yeah. of it. And they keep doing it with all the Tezzerets and all the idea of, like, Tezzeret making things into 5-5s. Five well, I Bolas, think, obviously, I think, and Solar I think Karn is the first person to do Tezzeret's it. Tezzeret's Touch. The original uh, Karn. The Silver Golem? Yeah. Isn't um, his, his, his other move is to make artifact creatures into... Oh, not 5-5s. Five no, it was, uh, it's equal to their mana cost. Correct. Okay. For one, yeah. Sure. Talk about one of the most, like frustratingly designed cards of all time that card's so sweet except for the whole like minus four minus four pl- uh, plus four thing where you're like oh yeah this this really powerful oh, I, card that doesn't bother me at all i mean i i have it in, in i played in commander in my malfacor deck but that when that deck has the thing that makes all lands into artifacts or all all permanence artifacts what's the craig commander player yeah yeah i've done this before makes you're, all lands into Michael artifacts Michael and, 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 and then you can just lands pop up. people's lands with karn it's yeah, great it's dope. really good yeah, I've done that. That's actually really mean. <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah. So back to to this card. Uh, I think, you know, I think this is a really cool space. I think this also makes them kind of choose. It's a little bit worse because if they kill this guy, because uh, it's as soon as he leaves, right? Yeah, if they kill this guy, they get rid of both of them. But and there's like one card that makes a land into a four or five. Yep. Uh, that existed and just kind of didn't really do anything. The green one you're talking about? Yeah. Awakener Druid? This, this is very similar in Affinity Decks, but this does, you could strap this with uh, Dark pretty Citadel. much just anything you can put a Dark Steel, well, you put the Dark Steel Citadel, this onto a Dark Steel Citadel, but you can also just put a uh, a, a plating on him. They continue to so push. So you got like a 5-5 five, five Indestructible and this with a plating on it. They continue pushing the idea of these Tezzerator decks, these mid-range Tezzerator decks, and I love it. I, it's, it's, it's one of the decks that I want to see the most in Modern. Okay. So, all right, we're getting to the exciting part because uh, all of the dragons and planeswalkers. Goblin next. Instigator. Uh, that's that's not the one. But Instigator. Let me see. This is two for one one. Enter the battlefield. Create a one one. Right. Nah, it's fine. It's just Goblin War Marshal, but just worse. But uh, 
So Mon- when Mon- we Mon- were Marshall. when we were brewing with the Skirk Prospector, yep. the thing one building the deck I wanted more than anything was a second but worse Mogwar Marshal. <laughs> like yeah. the main key here is that now that card has eight copies of it in that deck, that fecundity deck, or just any Skirk Prospector going off deck. So this is this is two mana for two mana. So this is one of the early cards that was previewed or leaked uh, early on, and I immediately just made it so the deck had eight Mog War Marshals and then just knew that like every other one was going to be bad. And I've been testing the Fecundity deck. It's, uh, it's good. Yeah. I mean, the deck might not be good, but it, it, like, it definitely powers the engine times two because the ability to just have that many of a good sack outlet available to you is like, really important. And it gives you an extra ritual to be able to go off with Warren. Instiga- not Warren, Instigator. Empty the Warrens. Yep. Yeah. So I, I definitely think it's a card that is better than people are giving it credit for because it can do shenanigans with the fact that it's a creature. Yep. Yep. Uh, Sovereign's Bite. Yeah, this is interesting. Bla- uh, black one, sorcery, target player loses three life and you gain three life. Um, it's like a black sort lightning of helix. lightning helix. I saw people, and I'm bringing up more, you know, sometimes on these things we bring up cards that we don't necessarily think are going to be that playable, but we want to talk about them because people are talking about it. There have always been Rakdos excuse me, Rakdos burn decks that have been talked about. And this is a card that theoretically would fit in there over Lightning Helix or other cards that they wouldn't be playing because they're not in white. Um, so this is an option. I don't know if I love it, but I definitely can see as a sideboard card, maybe out of burn decks like that. Yeah, that this is like in the mirror match. This goes in the like bump of the night deck. It's like, it's, yeah. it's fine. Yeah. It's, uh, I don't think it's going to be a heavily played card, but who knows? Uh, we shall see. Yep. Um, Right, now we get to the dragons that you want to talk about because dragons and this card's <laughs> sweet. Uh, Arcadius the Strategist. This is One the command colorless. zone preview card. Was it really? Yes. Oh, so I guess you guys should go check out the command zone. They are a sister podcast. Craig, who's doing the uh, producing for us today, is also heavily involved with them as well. Uh, they're great. They do commander content on their own collected dot company. Also, next, let's talk about this sweet Elder Dragon. Yeah, so uh, colorless, green, blue, white for a 3-5 Flying Vigilance. Whenever a creature you control with Defender enters the battlefield, under your control, draw a card. Each creature you control with Defender assigns combat damage equal to its toughness and may attack as though it didn't have Defender. Hmm, this is an interesting card. So the first card in modern that comes to mind with this is... Wall of Omens? Yep. Wall- <laughs> a 4-4 that draws you two cards on even, entry. I wasn't prepared for that. I had no idea that that question was going to be asked. I, I wasn't mean, even really paying attention to what he was saying because I'm looking up for the most expensive card in Homelands right now, uh, but continue. It is Wall of Kelp. Yeah. And, uh, okay, cool. And it is, You're uh, friends with Tom Lapilli too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this card is sick. This card is really good. This card, like... I, I don't think it's going to be the best of the Elder Dragons in Modern. I actually think it's going to be the next one we talk about. But I could be wrong. This is way more powerful than the card I'm talking about. This like The ability on this card to do cool things is much greater. It makes cards that normally aren't that powerful maybe more powerful. And there's just enough of those powerful cards in Modern that it makes it worth a second look. Like, Wall of Omens in this is like a legitimate thing. Like, getting a Wall of Omens to then be able to attack for four is very good. And there are other cards. Overgrown Battlement. There are like, there yeah. are like a bunch of Defender creatures in modern that are like interesting and have always been interesting and the What's only the way zero eight for three that has hex or uh, yeah. shroud yep yep wall of denial wall I think. of denial love wall love me some wall of denial wall yeah. of denial might be one of the first favorite cards i've ever like ever wall had of reverence i think costs four is that the one where you can gain life equal to a creature's power yeah i think that one's a little weak for little this deck since none yeah. of the cards that you're playing have power there's also like, <laughs> just like really interesting cards like like um 
perimeter captain or like there's yeah. some weird yeah, cards yeah, that have like, been printed over the years where you're like, huh, like or or Rage Nimbus where you're like right. interesting, a five five flyer for three that can make their creatures attack into your huge creatures. Sure. Like there's a lot of really cool stuff with this card. So I definitely think Arcadis is impressive. It's also in- interesting and important to note that it's not when you cast defender creatures, it's when they enter the battlefield. Which means that if you wanted to play this alongside, let's just say like a restoration angel. Yeah. Which I've, is already I've, good. I've never played a Restoration Abridal with Wall Domains. Yeah. That's the thing that I've never cast before. I've never seen it happen. It's already that insanely good. good. Like, there's <laughs> just, there's really, really, really cool stuff. So, I think this card is the real deal. I think this card's going to be a player in modern. I don't think it's going to be like a. I don't like. I think we're talking. This card is probably on the same power level as like a Zur the Enchanter, where there's going to be like a fringe. Yeah, deck. I, I would agree with that. That there is a tier four uh, deck, but that like sometimes takes five o. You know, the daily five o's a daily. Sometimes right. randomly does something really cool, and just like four years from now, we'll win a GP and everyone be like, "What?" <laughs> yeah, I completely agree. Uh, next, this is the card that you keep texting me about. All the time. I, so, get, I get, I get, I got a call. At, I was on the East Coast over the weekend for a wedding, uh, and I got a call at like four in the morning from Ben being like, Nickel Bliss, okay. I got this deck. I Let me, I'm going to connect some, I'm going to connect some pieces cool. for you guys. Uh, 4 a.m. on the East Coast on a weekend means 1 a.m. on the West Coast. Which is still late. I may or may not be drinking alcohol at that point. I'm over 21. I loved this card and was excited. Do you blame me? Look. I have this really cool idea for a thing that I want to do, and uh, I'm going to be streaming probably, probably this Sunday for the first time on Moto. It might be the next Sunday, but it might well, be this Sunday. Well, you want to stream this because this card's not available yeah. on Moto yet. Well, but I'll probably stream something far, 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 far cheaper <laughs> than this. all of the cards I need to buy. Um, I have a lot of these cards. What I want to do... We have a lot of these cards in our collection yes. on Moto. So what I, I want to do... Lands, and I have Snapcaster Mage. I know what you have. Do you? <laughs> so what I want to do is I want to play this deck that I have built with this card, and I think it's super, super sick, so I'm going to tell you guys about it right now. If you um, uh, share the text list to my email, I'll post it onto the Facebook chat. Okay, I'm not going to try to fill it on my phone, but I just have enough memory, so I'll tell you guys. Uh, basically, okay. it is a Training Grounds Pack Rat deck where you oh, are right. playing Training Grounds on turn one, Pack Rat on turn two, and then on turn three, you can play Black, 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 discard your hand, and make three additional Pack Rats, but... It's just like a Grixis control deck with Snapcasters and with Lightning Bolts and with Thought Seizes and all kinds of good cards like that. And then you're playing Nicol Bolas as a three of in the deck alongside Tassiger. And so the coolest part of the whole thing is you play turn four Nicol Bolas, turn five, untap, flip him because your training grounds makes the flip ability cost five instead of seven. And now you have this insane card. And if you really, really like need to do some crazy stuff, because let's just pretend that like... Well, let me, let me tell people what the card does. That's a good idea. <laughs> uh, so Nicol Bolas, the Ravager, is a legendary creature Elder Dragon. It's red, black, blue, colorless, mythic. Uh, flying Nicol Bolas, the Ravager, enters the battlefield. Each opponent discards a card. You may pay four blue, black, red, Crixus colors, uh, exile Nicol Bolas, the Ravager, then return into the battlefield, transformed under his owner's control. Activate this ability only anytime you can cast a sorcery. He is a 4-4. Four, four. Uh, when you he flips, flips over, over. into uh, Nicol Bolas the Arisen, uh, he has seven loyalty at that point, four abilities. Now the plus two is draw two cards, which I think is super, super, super awesome. Uh, his next ability is minus three, and it is he deals ten damage to target creature or planeswalker. Correct. His minus four is resurrect a planeswalker or creature from a graveyard. And okay. finally, his minus twelve is exile all cards from target opponent's library except for the bottom card. 
which is like a you know Andrew to... Bro, I think Andrew Brown wrote that text. Yeah, that, that that was like one of the favorite things he's ever designed. I on believe a card. so because I talked to him in Vegas and he said something similar. He also added the untap ability onto Fairy. He told me, which I'm like so stoked about. Yeah, it's really good. <laughs> really happy with it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so you were telling us about what happens when you use training grounds to make this cost. I mean, look, six. this might be bad. I'm not. I gonna... don't know how good training grounds is in it. Well, training grounds is the whole reason that Pack Pack Rat okay. is in the deck, and it's the entire reason that I think you can play Nickel Volus is because you have a card that functions with Tassiger to make his ability cost two. So he's a four mana four four that sometimes becomes a six mana planeswalker. Uh, it would be a five mana planeswalker five, next turn. Five. Okay. So, and the the whole point is like think about think about literally the reason that Restoration Angel has been a powerhouse modern card for long as long as it has. Mm-hmm. It has flash, which is different. One less power than this. It's a flyer. It usually just beats down to kill people, and it creates card advantage by flickering something else, like a Wall of Omens when you play it. Now, obviously, it's part of a combo, but well, the card is generally I mean, I, good. I think it, it's, its existence as part of the combo has been only 30% of its existence it's in Modern. It's just generally a good card. But I would say that 50% of its existence in Modern flash. is the fact that it has Flash. So, okay, I'm just saying a 4-4 four, four flyer for 4 that generates card advantage immediately by making your opponent discard a card Mm -hmm. is not something to sneeze at. That's like a real thing you could do, especially if you're playing it in a control deck that's probably like disrupting your opponent's hand and killing creatures, doing all those things. And then the fact that if you draw it late, you play it, untap, and have a giant Planeswalker is insane. I think this card is severely underrated and I think it's going to make a splash in modern. I'm serious about it. I think with Training Grounds, I'm onto something. I'm, I like just tried really hard to make myself sneeze and failed. <laughs> I, I realized halfway through that I know how to make myself yawn. Can we go to the chat? Can we go to the chat and see if anybody in the chat believes me at all? Or are you guys all super skeptical? Bring back Elspur, Elder Dragons. Yes. Now you know what they asked for. Yes. Boom. Great. All right. <laughs> Let's continue. <laughs> okay. Uh, Frank, can I get an amen on Nicol Bolas? Amen. There you go. There you go. Uh, Amulet of Safekeeping. This is a two-mana artifact. Whenever you become the target of a spell or ability an opponent controls, counter that spell or ability unless its controller pays one. Creatures' tokens get minus one, minus zero. Uh, let's all be honest. This is a card for fighting Storm. It, was, it basically reads, Modern Storm has trouble playing the game. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I guess... Probably the other thing that this is good against is you can bring this in from your sideboard against Mardu Pyromancer because the tokens don't do anything and then all of their hand disruption is void against you and they can't burn you out. Right. Um, well, I mean, it can. It's just, it all is more expensive and their tokens don't do anything. Yeah, it's fine. It, it's fine against Mardu Pyromancer and then it's good against Storm in the way that some hate cards are good against Storm. I think it's fine. I think some people will try playing it. I think it, like, of cards that have been printed in the last year that are artifacts that make Storm's life harder, I think this is not on the top end. And it's not as good as like, Damping Sphere. So. That's, yeah, that's and what Damping I was... Sphere's already, like, not really played, so... Right. It's played. I would say it's played. Yeah. Uh, next, I have Desecrated Tomb. I'm moving on to this because my phone's about to die. Whenever one or more creature cards leave your graveyard, create a 1-1 one, one black bat creature token with flying and i think this card is really cool um i the problem is it's not for each one you get a one one because that'd be insane it's the instance of cards being removed one or more sure um i do think that there's probably some sort of like uh like i I like the idea of playing this alongside that land from innistrad that you can exile a creature from your graveyard for Mm -hmm. two and a tap to make a one one alongside like Doom Traveler and uh, the and the mana so, making okay. sack guy. Like what's the what's the guy from uh, Battle for Zendikar? The one green. 
mm-hmm. blister blister pod, mm-hmm. right? Like I like the idea of a deck that's all like one ones that generate advantage on the board when you sacrifice them, along with this and that, and it's just like lots and lots and lots of mana advantage and tokens. Sure. Uh, um, I, the reason I was looking at it was more in the lines of like with Dredge or with Hollowed One. It's like a different angle of attack to start creating creatures because right. every time one of those creatures leaves your graveyard, it triggers this. Yep. It's not like all of them. Delve spells are the ones that this you only get one out of. It's the cards that are like uh, each version of what's it called? Leaving your graveyard. Uh, oh, interesting. Uh, so, Prith- so if, Amalgram. So if you're saying if you you're saying that if you dredge a card or an amalgam enters from the graveyard, you get a one one out of it. I believe so. Yes. Let me read this. Uh, whenever one or more creature cards leave your graveyard. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Like, That's all of those interactions are what gets me kind of excited for this. Oh, Not this, necessarily... This is fun in, in uh, like, we've talked about Highlander Roulette or, like, any of those formats, like, even Commander. Like, this yeah. is fun with Squee. This is, like, a very yeah. cool combo yeah. with Squee. Yeah, it's interesting. All right. See? A little bit more hyped. You were, like, all in on it. And well, I, didn't, I, I didn't realize. I thought yeah. it was only, I was only imagining Exile. So we talked about this card. I love it. I, we, we weren't going to originally talk about it, but I just want to now because I saw it again. Uh, Transmorgifying Wand is dope. <laughs> I think it's Mogrifying, right? Transmogrifying. It's a three-mana artifact. Uh, it enters the battlefield with three charge counters on it, and yep. you may remove a charge counter to turn a creature into a 2-4 two, a white ox token. Got it. And that happens at sorcery speed. It's not a good card. I'll never see play modern, but like the, uh, ox the, tokens. The hype on this card was literally <laughs> just reading the text. I think we can move on. So, <laughs> I think that's a callback to Calvin and Hobbes. Too. Yeah, the Transmogrifier. I knew that. That's why. That's why oh. I knew what a transmogrifier was when you said it. Got it. I didn't know that because of Calvin I just and Hobbes. It was cool. Okay. Yeah. Well, Calvin and Hobbes gets a lot of credit there. All right. Next, Meteor Golem, seven mana, uncommon artifact. Golem three three. Whenever Meteor Golem enters the battlefield, destroy target non-line permanent permanent in opponent controls. One of our good buddies, Eric Wydetz, who is the godfather of Highlander Roulette, uh, had this in one of his decks last night. I had to tell him to take it out because I was like, I know this is sweet. I know the idea of blinking this is sweet. It costs seven mana. You can't play this card. <laughs> oh, no, no. You play this card in a deck that has all three pieces of the Tron lands. Of Tron, And yeah. that's it. And you play it like... As Karn number five. As Karn number five. I... I People are talking about it. It's a little weird. Like, is it that much better than Ulamog? And I think it might be just because it costs seven. So instead of like five or four drop, it's a three drop. Yeah, I think this card's bad. (laughs) I think it's a three, three. Like, I just, it's like, it's just too expensive. Sure. I think it was a four, four. I'd be more into it. Yeah. 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 Uh, And then the last thing I think we have is the desecration tower. uh, Detection tower. Tower. it is a land. You can tap it to add a colorless mana to your mana pool, or you may uh, pay one and tap it until end of turn. Your opponent's creatures that you control with hexproof can be the target of spells and abilities you control as though they didn't have hexproof. Uh, it's just a, it's a good sideboard card against boggles. Yeah. I'll tell you that much. Yep. It's anti boggles tech, anti geist yeah. tech. It, it's like, and it's like, if you were just like this boggles is a bad matchup for me boggles won a gp last weekend so everyone's gonna be on it i think i'm just gonna play this once one of these in my main deck no one would hate you for it if you can get away with the one colorless land it doesn't really cost you anything unless you're playing kiki jiki and or cryptic command so i think it's like a totally fine seems perfectly reasonable to me yep so yep um. Yeah. Do you All want right. to talk about the planeswalkers? You mentioned the planeswalkers. Uh, let's I feel like let's you just to talk let's about just them. talk about Tezzeret. He's the only one that I think is worth talking about. If we're talking about Tezzeret. I want to talk about. I'll, uh, I'll talk about Sarkon and and Liliana. Ugh, they're all bad. Well, Sarkon's bad. Yeah. Tezzeret artifact mage. Go yeah. For it. Tezzeret's interesting. Blue blue three for a five loyalty planeswalker. I mean, my first point on this is just like five loyalty on a planeswalker that pluses up the turn you play it is interesting to me because if any anytime you can get into that six plus range on your loyalty dealing with a planeswalker gets hard for modern you have to have literally bolt snap bolt or the ability to do damage and bolt it 
So sure. it comes down, it pluses to make a 1-1 flying artifact thopter. For zero, it has draw a card. If you control three or more artifacts, draw two cards instead. And minus nine, at the beginning of your end step, put a permanent onto the battlefield. You get an emblem that says that. Um, I don't think that this card is good because it feels like the Tezzerets that it has to compete with are better. Yeah, um, five mana Tezzeret, the original one that like tutors for two artifacts and puts them into play immediately, seems... Tutors for one. It minus, it minus X's for an Sorry. artifact. Yeah, right, right. But um, it, it can... Tu- Sorry, it can tutor for two two drops without like dying. Yeah, yeah but yeah. I will you're say right, you're right. it I, only gets one. I will say that like on taps do things. Yeah, and that's good. But the one thing I will say about that is this thing pluses to protect itself is the first thing, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. It's zero is going to be draw two cards if you're playing this in the right deck. Well, but most like the the cap for five drop planeswalkers is normally to protect themselves for pluses. Like you're allowed to get a plus that creates a one one token. Like Elsbeth at four drop was doing that. My theory with this card is it's the fifth copy of Jay's Architect of Thought in the doubling season deck, <laughs> and mostly it's going to be a one of in your Tezzerator deck. Yeah. Um, well, the it's, fact that you can now have different Tezzerets in play at the same time yes. makes me like this a lot more than I would have a year ago. Oh. I think this card is legitimately good. I just don't think it's going to make an impact in Modern unless that Tezzerator deck just can really break through. And really needs this version of it. Uh, all right, next we're going to talk about the worst one, Sarkin the Fireblood. People are comparing this to Tybalt. He has a plus one. You discard a card, uh, and then you draw a card. If you do draw a card, he has a plus one, add two mana in any combination of colors to spend on dragons, and he has a minus seven to create a five-five dragon creature token with a flying uh, the problem just, is he's a three mana planeswalker, one red red, and there's no dragon. You're going to cast for two that you want to cast, so that's uh, the biggest I, problem. I want to say that we will see on stream over the next two years someone casting whatever Niv Mizzet is in the next Domineer or uh, Return the Ravnica set or an Elder Dragon with this card at some point. You think somebody will do it? Someone will do it on camera. At a GP level event or buff. Really? Just GP because it, because tour. it's a three-mana planeswalker and it's powerful. It's a three-mana player that's powerful, and if you're playing with either of those dragons, it becomes good versus bad. Like, if yeah. you're playing a dragon that you want to ramp to on turn four, this is good. But the problem is, do you have a dragon too? But we just got five Elder Dragons. It is sort of Plus, inno- we're going to get Niv-Mizzet, which is also yeah, and our Yeah, and four-mana Elder Dragons. It is kind of innocuous that it's so bad that I think if you play it and you plus it, people won't bother killing it because, like, why would you waste killing it? Yeah, and you should eventually get a 5-5 five, five dragon. Like, yeah. I think it's better than people are considering based on things, but I still think it's terrible. I yep. just, I'm making a prediction with this. The last one is Liliana, the Untouched of the Dead. Uh, Liliana, Untouched by Dead. Plus one, put the top three cards of your library into your graveyard. If at least one of them is a zombie card, each opponent loses two life and you gain two life. It's interesting that they've leaned uh, Liliana's more and more in the direction of zombies over the last couple of years. Um, it is interesting to think that like Liliana, the Dark Realms is basically the swamp Liliana. This is the zombie Liliana. Like, Yeah, she's still, she still, I think, has the problem of being like, like, it's really hard for them to make a hero black planeswalker. So the right. fact that they have this one that the the universe associates with, like you know, Liliana is one of their more favorite characters. This allows them. She's getting more than any other card the ability to kind of bend into spaces that she doesn't belong. Like they like they're like, okay, Jace can only do this because we can create thirty blue planeswalker heroes. Uh, Garrick has to do this way, where Nissid goes this way, and the new planeswalker goes this way. Fine, but with Liliana, it's definitely a 
like, eh, we don't want to make another black hero. Let right. her do whatever she wants. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this card's fine. You want to read what it does real quick? Yeah, so uh, she pluses the put three cards of your graveyard in the graveyard. If at least one of them is a zombie, you draw, uh, your opponent loses two life, you gain two life. Minus two, target creature gets minus X, minus X, where X is the number of zombies you control. And minus three, you cast a zombie card from your graveyard this turn. Uh, you may cast zombie cards uh, from oh, your graveyard plural. this turn, which yeah. is interesting because it, what it basically means is if you're playing this in modern as a two or a three of in a dedicated mono black zombie deck, uh, you're going to play this on turn four. You don't have to be you're gonna, No, you don't. You're going to plus it. You're going to probably mill a zombie. And then the next turn, you're going to cast like three things from your graveyard when you minus it. And right. that's good. That's strong card advantage. I could see if mono black zombies became a thing, I could see playing two of these at the top of your curve. That's more why I wanted to talk about it is if zombies exist, this card does a lot of powerful things in that zombie deck. It's a removal spell. It gains you life. And it kind of gains you a huge amount of card advantage. And it can ultimate the turn you play it. So if you even play it on like turn six and you need to be able to protect her and there's something you just need to be able to block or you just need a card or a piece of a combo out of your graveyard, if Zombies is doing that, you can minus her the turn you play her to get something out of your graveyard. Like minusing her and casting like a Jeroff's Messenger, you've gotten two triggers out of already. Yeah, on turn seven is like a beating. It's pretty good. And it's got, you know, double black, which means if you wanted to play Grey Merchant with it, like there's there's things that are good. Yeah. Um, I You know, again, like I'm not thinking this card is insane but it's it's at least doable so i think of the five planeswalkers it has the highest chance of seeing play purely from the f- basis that it could fit in that zombie deck and like zombie decks aren't good but people try them out versus i feel like anytime someone looks at the tesseract they're gonna look at the other tesseract anytime looks at a dragon deck they're not gonna look at sarkon like all these other tribal cards aren't as right. fitting for what's trying to go on here yeah Cool. That's yep. our that's our set review. That's gonna do it. It's gonna that's wrap us up. Uh, basic forest uh, is really good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so guys, that is gonna wrap up the set review for the day. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for watching. Yep. As we mentioned at the beginning of the video, this is you're you're seeing this on stream right now, but we have a YouTube channel. Yes. YouTube.com slash Cast. Everything about this hinges on the fact that you guys go and subscribe to that YouTube. It means the world to us. I'm YouTube there's no link. I don't and know. Patreon, those are the things that are going to keep this thing going. And streams are up. If you're watching this on YouTube, just subscribe. Yeah, please yeah. subscribe, comment, like, all the things. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Ben Bateman Media. I'm at Kess Wiley. Make sure to go check out uh, the podcast on Twitter as well, which is at the Cast. but also check out Battle Bosses. Go to kess.co slash Battle Bosses. Please, uh, there's an email subscription thing. There's going to be a weekly newsletter that'll tell you kind of what cool stuff in Battle Bosses is happening that week or happened the previous week. We did a live stream. We're doing a live stream every Tuesday. Uh, so you can go check that out. We've now revealed four bosses. So there you can go to see all of those, plus all what the sculpts and the minis look like and what all the pieces in the box look like. Uh, at cast.co slash battle bosses. And last but not least, guys, check out Wizardry Foundry. I have a daily show on their Facebook called 10 Minutes of Modern. I give you three to 10 minutes every single day of modern news, modern updates, card reviews, all things like that. Uh, check that out every single day if you want daily modern content. And if you look right to Ben's head, right to the side, I'm going to zoom into it. There is actually a Grimoire on set right there. That. Look underneath the top decking DVD from the top decking Kickstarter and some spiky dropped up balls, the balls that uh, my toy company makes that you can get at Target. Thanks so much, everybody, for watching. Uh, thank you, Ben, for coming on. Thank you, Craig, our number one producer guy who uh, probably has other stuff you don't want to be doing right now uh, and saved the sound for the podcast. Uh, and thanks, everyone, for watching on the live stream. Yeah, guys, thank you so much. We will see you same time, same place here on YouTube and on audio next week. All right, guys. Woo! Have a good one. Thank you for your attention. For further inquiries, send an email to the MMCast at rocketjump.com. See you later, alligator.